With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday's episode of the North Shore Drive podcast and the Pittsburgh Steelers did not play the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. They play them Monday at 430. We get you updated with all the changes here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, one of our Steve Steelers beat writers. We're here breaking all things down for you on the Pittsburgh Steelers as they get ready to play the Buffalo Bills now 4.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time Monday uh, in their in their game. We'll talk about all of the things that have happened that have pushed this game back and how th- that could impact the outcome of the game here. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go down to Mike's Beer Bar there on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park, and you can go down there to sample one of their 500 different available beers. Three of the 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. We'll have more on Mike's Beer Bar in a minute. Brian, you are not in Buffalo right now. If, uh, no. if all had happened as, as planned, you'd either be writing an end-of-season story or writing about how the Steelers are headed to, to Baltimore. But here we are. Can you explain to us just kind of where everything sits now uh, that we do know the game is going to be played Monday? Yeah, well, my laptop still sits in my office at home. <laughs> my mic still sits here. My lamp is still here. My college basketball fantasy league championship banner is still here. But no, I mean, to answer your question, Chris, the the PG Steelers beat writer car of Jerry Dulac, Ray Fittipaldo, and myself was on the road at, I think we left at 11 a.m. on Saturday. So kind of a gift and a curse. Had we left any earlier, probably would have been in Buffalo when the announcement was made. Had we left any later, had we decided to leave later, that would have been nice. We wouldn't have made it to uh, Meadville slash Conneaut area, but that's where we were when uh, the the governor uh, called down the announcement. So we said, all right, I'm not going to sit in Buffalo for 48 hours. We'll head back home. I was able to go to my son's birthday party Saturday, which was great. That's kind nice. of divine intervention there. But here we are. We're going to head back up. Uh, at, probably as you're watching or listening to this, we are driving in the car Knock on wood, no snow issues. But yeah, I mean, it's it's wild how this all turned out for sure. I, I think everybody, player, coach, fan, media, probably would have liked this announcement to come a little sooner with a little bit more of a heads up than 24 hours and change before the game. In retrospect, you know, it seemed like a crazy rumor on Friday, but maybe they should have moved this game out of Buffalo 
Um, Maybe. I know Cleveland was was thrown out by uh, somebody here in Pittsburgh. I think somebody else reported that Atlanta was floated as a possibility. So I don't there were know a lot how, of different things that were. Being I don't know floated. how far that got up the yeah. flagpole, but I mean, hey, you, you just think of all the logistics that have gone into this and how both teams have been sort of on the edge, on the pins and needles, minute to minute, hour to hour, from Saturday to Sunday, and. I know the Bills wouldn't want to lose a home playoff game. You fight all season for that. You beat the Dolphins in, in week 18 to lock that up. But, you know, it's also for seeding. And now whoever wins this game, whether it's the, the heavily favored two seed or the long shot underdog seven seed, you're going to have one less day of rest to go play either the Ravens in Baltimore, who've been sitting for two weeks in the Steelers case, or... Um, I forget who would the Bills play again if they if the Bills when, play the Texans, they would play right? the, no excuse no, me the Chiefs yeah the they Chiefs, play the Chiefs because so. it'd be the two and the three seed right so you're gonna play you know a Chiefs team that has two extra days of rest on you so it's not ideal from any standpoint to me if if you're the Bills would you rather make sure you play this game in front of Bills Mafia at Highmark Stadium or if you're <laughs> what we're seeing I think from a lot of Bills fans on social media you're so confident you're gonna beat the Steelers then why did you absolutely need to play them at your stadium. It's, uh, it's been a pretty fascinating, you know, view of all of it from that standpoint. It's got me asking questions and questioning everything I know about the NFL. Should this season end earlier in the calendar year to avoid weather issues? Should they move playoff games to neutral sites at least more often? I'm just asking questions here, Chris, but it's it's been a pretty crazy case study here with the Bills in, in the first round of the playoffs. It has been. And, and there are there were some Steelers fans that are like, why are the Steelers always getting dogged out by the NFL's reschedules? It's like, okay, let's clear up some things. It wasn't necessarily for the play on the field that things were moved. It was moved because those were just undrivable situations. You couldn't get to the stadium as, as it was uh, on, on Sunday. People were, you know, people were going to be putting themselves in harm's way to drive through that mess. Not only was it the, the three feet of snow that they were dealing with, but co- that combined with winds that were getting up to 50 miles per hour. That's just, that's untenable. You can't, you can't work with that. Um, but this update now, both teams don't get anybody back for their, from their injuries. Um, this update now does give the, the, these teams to play in a, cha- in, a in some situation, in, uh, some weather that's not going to be as crazy. According to weather.com, as it stands right now, it's, the winds are supposed to get up to 17, uh, or no, it's up to up to 15 miles per hour. Uh, and there's still a 50% chance of snow with an extra one to three inches coming instead of one to three feet coming uh, in, in, in a day. Um, that... I know some people might be thinking, well, that's just going to make things easier for Josh Allen. But at the same time, like those are still like not like great throwing throwing weather situations there. This can still be a hard fought game that's going to be on the ground and maybe not done still not won as much in the air. Yeah, it's it's still going to have some wonkiness to it, probably. I mean, I, I even just watching the Chiefs Dolphins on Saturday night. I don't I don't know about you, Chris, but I thought at least from the get-go, Patrick Mahomes' ball wasn't coming out of his hand quite as mm-hmm. naturally as it usually does. Mm-hmm. How can it in negative temps? So, yeah, it's not going to be a uh, 70 and sunny type of game. But, yeah, I, I do think this plays into the Dolphins' hands a little – or, excuse me, into the Bills' hands a little bit more simply from the standpoint of any underdog is probably better suited to spring an upset when there's more – when there's less predictability – and the weather from Sunday to Monday in Orchard Park, New York, has gone from uh, slightly less 
predictable um, to, to what it'll be. So, uh, or slightly, slightly more predictable. It's, it's not going to be uh, as just ridiculous from kickoff to the end of the game. So um, does it help the bills? Maybe a little bit, but I'm one person who was still picking them to beat the Steelers anyway. And I don't know, I guess you, you would be the one, the onus would be on you, Carter, if you want to change your prediction, if you were really banking on Najee Harris uh, running through mounds of snow as the edge for the Steelers in this game. I still think the the Steelers have the same kind of advantage. You go back to that 2016 game where they played the Bills, and everyone remembers Le'Veon Bell playing through the snow and how the wind was kicking up in that game. The wind in that game was just 9 miles per hour. This is still going to be 15 miles per hour winds. As Warren Sharp was pointing out, like 14-mile-per-hour winds are crazy for football weather, and that's also a stadium where the wind is, is whipping because there's no protection from it. It's part of kind of what they've made to be their home field advantage, uh, something that the Bills are, are ready for. So – that's going to be interesting to see. I still think that plays into it. We'll talk more about this matchup in our last segment. But first, when we, in our next segment, I want to talk about what happened in the other playoff games in the AFC because the slate that's been set up here could be very interesting to see the, to see where the power does shift this year as we look at the other teams that are still in the playoffs and if the Steelers were to win, what with what they'd have to do the rest of the way. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post because that Chris Carter, Brian Yacobatko. But first... I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you get down to Mike's Beer Bar, they're on the, they're on the North Shore, right across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street. You can get go there, try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. You can try new ones every single week because every single week they're, they're subbing new ones in and out all the time. Trust me, you'll never run out of favorites because I never do, and I'm always there. You can also try out their steak on a stone meal, which is their awesome. You bring out your, your choice cut of steak, brought to you on a heated stone, and you can cut the cut the steak and press each piece that you cut into the stone, and you can choose how well done you want each bite of your steak. It's an amazing time. Go to Mike's Beer Bar, where they also have over 20 televisions. So if you're a person listening to this and you're thinking, where can I watch the game, maybe around some other Steelers fans, that you can go to Mike's Beer Bar. They'll have on the Steelers game as well as all other contests. Heck, if you want to do a double header and watch the Penguins game and then the Steelers game. You can do all of that at Mike's Beer Bar. Go to Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh. When you get there, tell him Chris sent you. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Brian, um, we are recording this in the middle of the Packers Cowboys game, which is looking like a shellacking on the hands of uh, by the hands of the Packers. They are just giving it to the Cowboys 3rd or 4 to 10 as we record this. This would be the third straight game that was pretty much a complete domination and one-sided football game. The Texans opened up the weekend. At first, it looked kind of kind of interesting back and forth, but then they laid the smack it down upon the Browns, beating them 45 to 14. The Chiefs beating the Dolphins 26 to 7. And as I said, 34 to 10 right now, Packers to Cowboys. The Lions and Rams are supposed to duke it out later this evening. Maybe uh, by the time people are watching this, there's been the most incredible comeback in NFL maybe- history. Maybe that would be that would be incredible, but I I highly doubt it. Um, But in all seriousness, let's talk about the AFC playoffs right now. The Browns were one of the hottest things in football going into the playoffs. They, they, They rested their players to give them a week off last week and then they got shellacked. Do you think the Texans could be now the dark horse in the AFC that could that could make a run here with how well CJ Stroud's playing? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. I, I give them credit for I give them credit for beating a Browns team that, like you said, Chris came in with a lot of kind of juice on their side. I, I thought they were gonna beat Houston. I, I thought it would be close, but I thought the Browns were gonna pull that out. 
still though, Cleveland was playing with a you know Joe Flacco that was sort of waiting for the clock to strike midnight on him. I think in this uh, you know mini rejuvenation, they were at home. Browns didn't have Grant Delpit at safety. You know, I was watching the uh, you know I one of my favorite things honestly in football is when the game's on NBC and they do the little heads pop up and they say their name and their score king of the north in the case of joey porter jr but when i saw d'anthony bell pop up at safety for the browns i was like who the heck is that and i was like what is going on here so they weren't at 100 percent in the secondary as even as somebody who covers the afc north as closely as i do i'd never heard of d'anthony bell he was filling in for del pitt so they were not completely at 100 percent that's why they had not been playing quite as well lately i still kind of thought jim schwartz would cook up something. Miles Garrett would wreck the game. Neither of that happened. Bobby Slowick put on a clinic. If he wasn't in, in line for a head coaching job next season before that game, wonder if he moved up some owner and GM lists, even though he's only got one year as a coordinator under his belt. So all that being said, props to, to D'Amico Ryans, props to CJ Stroud, props to Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, all the playmakers really who came through in that game. Left tackle Laramie Tunsil, give him a shout-out as well, uh, sending sending Miles Garrett uh, into witness protection. But I think, you know, you're, the road gets harder in these AFC playoffs. To me, it does. To me, it, it, going into this bracket, I thought it was going to be uh, Ravens, Bills, or Chiefs probably coming out of it. Had the Dolphins been healthy, I would have given them a puncher's chance. But uh, I think, uh, well, I think the Bills are going to beat Steelers so I'm not changing that prediction my 24 to 18 call is suddenly looking more realistic with this this weather uh, alteration up in uh, in Buffalo but I think the Ravens will will probably handle the Texans at home I I think it's going to be interesting to see how things how things play out for sure and if they do play Kansas City in KC I you know I'd like the Chiefs in Arrowhead against uh, even a red hot Texans team that's a tough road environment. Uh, we saw how the, the Browns were a team that were completely different on the road. They were, quote-unquote, the best defense in football, and then you saw that they were giving up 30 points a game when when they were on the road, and then they got destroyed, uh, even worse than the Steelers did earlier in the season when they played the Texans. Um, I want to ask you this. Do you think that the way that the Cowboys right now, their defense is being handled by Jordan Love uh, and the way that the Browns were handled – by C.J. Stroud, do you think that impacts the Defensive Player of the Year conversation at all? Uh, well, normally it's it's a regular season award, but many people have known all years like postseason play does impact voters' minds. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. When do you know when the AP votes on that, Chris? Because obviously they've already done their All Pro. Ballots. Right, they've done their All Pro. Oh. I, I I believe it's it was it's supposed to still happen. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe it has already happened. Maybe this is a moot point. Because I was going to say, yeah, it could be a moot point if they've already turned. I know personally for the uh, I vote for the Pro Football Writers of America mm-hmm. awards, and I I don't think that the I don't know when the deadline was, but me being Deadline's- the person that I am, mm-hmm. I did it right away. So it was like pretty much right after the regular season ended. Obviously, I didn't plan or care to factor in any postseason results for those regular season awards. So, yeah, I don't know. I think regardless of how the awards shake out, there's a little bit of a national discussion to be had about Miles Garrett didn't do much to help his team in a playoff game. However, I would caution all the Steelers and TJ Watt fans of putting too much stock into that because it's not like number 90 
in black and gold has done a ton in his playoff opportunities either big scoop and score last year against the chiefs notwithstanding um you know his his playoff numbers aren't great has not won a playoff game so you know you kind of got to keep it locked on the the regular season output for awards such as that but i get it i voted tj for defensive player of the year over miles garrett and micah parsons i don't know if he's gonna win the ap uh balloting but yeah if if you're somebody who just wants to argue until you're blue in the face about it in favor of your guy congrats you've got another data point in getting taken to the wood chipper by the texans i i, I hear that uh i also i wanted to point something out this i you know all season all week long i was saying the steelers had a chance to be the first ever seven seed to win a game in the playoffs uh, if right. all things hold here the packers will be the first team. i was gonna say they're they're not the the Steelers will not be the first seven seed to win a game in the NFL playoffs because the Dallas Cowboys exist. Because the Dallas Cowboys exist. I mean, that that's going to be a very interesting situation with Mike McCarthy there. Um, but, you know, hey, oh, Mike Tomlin oh, grew up a Cowboys fan. Oh, no, no. Here, here we go, Brian. <laughs> You're going to be starting stuff here on the, on the North Shore Drive podcast. Okay, last thoughts here. The Chiefs, the way that they beat the Dolphins, granted the Dolphins, you know, we're kind of, we're really banged up team. And that was our, that was a crazy environment where like water bottles were freezing in seconds. If you, if, if in that, in that stadium, uh, are the chiefs still a team or still the team that can, that, that can, that can run the AFC uh, with, with the, with the team that they have right now, especially with yeah. that defense. Yeah. Not just the water bottle, but I saw the Mick ultra can was mm-hmm. foaming up too. you know, if you drink Mick ultra, they probably have that at Mike's beer bar, but I would recommend going down to get something a, a little bit better than that. Just my own personal taste. But um, no, I, I think the Chiefs can absolutely snap into playoff Pat Kelsey. I mean, he had another rough game, but um, I think they can still be the dominant team that we've seen from them in January and early February at times when they get to uh, the big the big game. So, yeah, I mean, if they can keep Mahomes' helmet in one piece. And uh, and get some you know some more reliable uh, you know playmaking out of their pass catchers. I I like their chances. Pacheco Isaiah Pacheco looked like a problem to deal with once again in that Dolphins game. Their defense always seems to come alive this time of year, Chris. So uh, at least enough to get the job done. Legarius Sneed is a corner who I probably underrated throughout the course of this season, and yet he just continues to put the straps on people. Tyreek Hill got, you know, open for a deep one early on in that game. And even he, uh, you know, didn't have the mojo to keep that going. So I am not counting out the chiefs, probably still rolling with the Ravens as my pick to make it out of the AFC. But uh, the, the chiefs are, uh, the chiefs are for real. So I, I'm, I'm kind of 50, 50 between those two. Maybe I uh, will, we'll be singing a different tune if the bills come out today and lay waste to the Steelers and look very impressive doing so. We'll we'll get more back to this game back 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 to this Bill Steelers game. Some final uh, final thoughts here from both of us as we get as we look ahead of, of things here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. But first, I want to remind you this show is also brought to you by Savinas Kane and Gallucci, Mesothelia and Asbestos lawyers with over eighty five years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co. We're buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful because GameTime is the app that you can download right on your phone to make, to make buying tickets a, a fast and easy process for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. 
you ever had to buy tickets for an event, you're running out of time, guess what? Game Time is here to help. You can go to their website, gametime.co, or download the Game Time app right to your phone. And when you do, you'll see all the tickets available for whatever event that you're looking up. And that you can you can see not only the best prices, but the best seats available. It allows you to review each seat view from the app itself. Game Time is the app you have to download if you wanted to if you want to take advantage of that for the best prices. And they guarantee you the best prices. If you find tickets to the same same event in the same section and row for, uh, for less somewhere else, Game Time credits you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snap the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account, redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Backo. Brian, we have previewed this game out the wazoo, for lack of a better term. We have done a lot of looks here, but there's always chances to look back at, at, at stuff. And if there's anything we missed, is there an angle to this game that you think could play a big factor that we might not have talked enough about this week in this in this upcoming matchup? Yeah, I think on I think on Friday's show we we pretty much got into the Joey Porter Jr. Stephon Diggs battle, which you then ended up writing about with some film work uh, mm-hmm. for the PG website. People should go check that out if they haven't. We got into Nick Herbig slash Marcus Golden and how they can potentially impact in place of TJ Watt. Maybe we gave short shrift to the Bills tight ends, especially now that Josh Allen might be able to actually see them running <laughs> down the field in, in the. Uh, Weather in Buffalo. I'm just looking at uh, videos and photos from people who were up there on Sunday. Like, I don't know how either quarterback would have had any visibility down the field to throw the right. ball. So uh, that hopefully will not be as much of an issue because, uh, well, maybe for the Steelers, you'd hope that would have been an issue because it would have pretty much been our run game versus your run game. So now at this point, I think it's an even bigger challenge for the Steelers to deal with Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. I mean, I. I remember watching Kincaid in the preseason. I didn't really follow the tight ends too much in this draft because I figured the Steelers wouldn't be picking one. Darnell Washington was sort of his own his own beast. And, you know, we I did look into him. And as we know, the Steelers ended up taking him in the third round. But the, the traditional tight ends, the prototype pass catchers with Pat Fryermuth and Connor Hayward on the roster didn't dive much into them pre-draft. But once I saw Kincaid lining up at Acrisure Stadium for the Bills in that preseason game, I'm like, man, I get it now. I see why he was a first-round dude. I mean, he runs like a receiver with the size of a tight end. I ended up picking him up at Fantasy at one point this year, and you know, he wasn't super consistent. I think he had an injury at times, too, maybe. But, I mean, for a while there, he was putting together a string of, of solid performances in a row. And it just goes to show that I think they call him, uh, they call it 11 and a half personnel when he's out there with Dawson Knox because he's (laughs) such a good receiving threat. He's half tight end, half wide out. I'll just be curious to see how the Steelers choose to deal with that. If they're able to deal with that, Minka Fitzpatrick being back helps. And he said he's 110%. But I think we all know, I'm not sure how much the linebacker core is really going to be able to help you. Mike Walker, Skill set, size-wise, athleticism-wise, might have the best chance. Otherwise, you're going to be relying on a Elandon Roberts, who's not 100% and not the biggest guy to begin with, although his coverage has been probably better than advertised for much of this season. Or Miles Jack, who he's in week four of playing 
now, but I think at this stage of his career, you're kind of relying on him to make the sound plays more than the dynamic plays, uh, trailing a, a tight end or something like that over the middle. So um, that that's an area where I think you really need to watch Josh Allen peppering uh, Dawson and Dalton over the middle and potentially exploiting the Steelers that way, even if Joey Porter Jr. can minimize Stephon Diggs' impact on the game. Yeah, that's that's where I'm looking at too is the tight end position for the Bills because and they don't is, have Gabe Davis. So despite the uh, despite right. the extra day, doesn't sound like they're going to get Gabe Davis back from that uh, PCL injury. So yeah. your wide your wideouts are Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and Trent Sherfield, who had the big uh, touchdown catch off the tip. But I don't think you pay quite as much defensive mind to Shakir and Sherfield as you would Davis if he were in there. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a big question. Who do you assign to help with the tight ends? Because if Minka Fitzpatrick back, you can certainly put him with Dalton Kincaid and think, okay, he'll help. But you like to have Minka Fitzpatrick as your center fielder. And that's when in, you know, in past years, he's created a lot of interceptions. He doesn't have one this year. Um, that's where I think there, there could be an interesting matchup there. But certainly big questions for the Steelers on how they want to take on tight ends. It's, I agree. That yeah, that, Eric that's Rowe's the- been solid, but I think he's been more of a disruptor than somebody that you're like, hey, right. go one-on-one match with this tight end and you know get the job done now i think he's been more of opportunistic takeaway guy than that point i I think one thing that mike tomlin often says is it's going to be a team a teamwork effort to to do these things you know talking about you know often he says that about you know it's going to take everybody to replace you know whoever's hurt on a certain week you know and he's going to say that about tj want um but with with this job i I think this job to stop the, the bills tight ends as well as stefan diggs it's bigger than just anyone lining up with them it's going to take a really good game plan from Tara Lawson, from uh, for, from from this whole from this whole team to be organized to confuse Josh Allen to force him to make some mistakes because there's going to be those moments I think where uh, where, where where the Steelers are able to line up in a certain look and get Josh Allen to think it's one thing and and, and pounce another if they can create more multiple situations like that several situations like that where they force bad passes get chances at interceptions that might be the best way to neutralize tight ends instead of just saying hey. Man to man, you're lining up with him. You're running with him. Let's go. It's. I think it's got to come down to their ability to disguise coverages, how they play zone defense, and what 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 will we caught. Yeah, and hey, I guess we haven't really mentioned to finish it out with this. We're, we're talking a lot about how this delay in in the game, the postponement, will help Josh Allen throw the ball better. This might help Mason Rudolph and the Steelers throw the ball better too. Agreed. You know, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. That, that, you know, Rasul Douglas is a corner who will have an extra day of rest and recovery for the Bills. He's been really good since they scooped him up at the trade deadline. But I still have my doubts about the guys on the other side, whether that's Christian Benford or Dane Jackson. Um, you know, that that's going to be a matchup where maybe the Steelers can exploit them on the outside. You talked about that in our in our Friday show, saying that, man, the Steelers not being able to take advantage of that with the crazy weather would have been something the Steelers could have used in their favor. And I think that's one thing people are overlooking. As much as everyone's wondering about Josh Allen and his and his passing offense, what about the Steelers' ability to throw the ball? All of that could play a big role here. We'll get more into that uh, after, after the game. Brian, Jerry, and Ray hopefully will be able to drive to the game without being turned around by the NFL. I'm optimistic about the travel today, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, I think we missed, I think we missed the worst of it. I, I hope I hope we have, and I hope that we can finally get this game underway. Because if they move this to Tuesday, I'm I'm gonna have to keep eyes on that while covering Pitt basketball. No, it sure it sure sounded like uh, that's that's not gonna happen. So uh, yeah, thank goodness for that. The, the drive will be relatively smooth for us. 
Absolutely. He's Brian Beck, y'all. I'm Chris Carter, and this is the North Shore Drive podcast. Our full team of Ray, Brian, Jerry will be there in Buffalo covering this game from Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium, getting you all the live reactions. Follow them on Twitter and read their work at post-gazette.com for all the game reactions. We'll be back here Wednesday on the Locked On, excuse me, on the North Shore Drive podcast, talking about this game and what happened here. We'll see you here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.